Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we're here, folks. I will admit, I almost played hooky this week. Almost. Well, I guess we did over the weekend. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Gotta be in the right headspace to do these things. Although I still don't have much of an opening monologue. Just a couple appetizer stories for you before we jump into things. Did you see White Boy Malcolm X? Where Bud Light, or I guess Anheuser-Busch, they put back the glass ceiling. They did. Yes, they did. Here, how's this from Ad Age? Bud Light's marketing leadership undergoes shakeup after Dylan Mulvaney controversy. And don't even think about it over there. Alyssa Heinerscheid, who has led the brand since June, takes leave of absence and is replaced by Budweiser Global Marketing VP, Todd Allen. So they tossed out the woke white woman, Alyssa Heinerscheid, and replaced her with a man. Put that glass ceiling back in, probably reinforced it with bulletproof glass this time around. Because this one, she wasn't even in that job a whole year before she blew everything up. There she was on LinkedIn, lying her ass off. Oh, I'm the vice president of Bud Light. When she was really just the VP of marketing for Bud Light. Then she decides that the new face of Bud Light should be a prissy, minstrel queen who runs around pretending to be a woman on social media. And so, what did Anheuser-Busch get in return for promoting this woke clown? Six billion dollars in value eviscerated overnight. That was, at least until their stock rebounds, a $6 billion mistake putting her into that role. So they jerked her ass out of there, put her on a, wink, wink, leave of absence. Yeah, right. Put an adult back in charge to clean up her multi-billion dollar mess. Although they kind of deserve what they got with this one. Putting Alyssa here in charge of marketing for Bud Light. And no, this has nothing 
to do with her being a woman. But if you look at her, does she look like the kind of woman who has ever had a Bud Light? Does she look like the kind of woman out one night with her girlfriends? Does she look like she'd say, Oh, I'll have a Bud Light. No. She looks like, to me anyway, she looks like the type. She's out in the Hamptons, hanging out with all her gay friends, and they're all drinking Cosmos and Apple Teenies. Not a Bud Light to be found anywhere. And it was probably some queen, some Vichy queen, who's bent the knee to her new gender identity overlords. It was one of them who said to her, Oh, Alyssa, you should put Dylan Mulvaney in your next marketing campaign. And the rest is history. So, Alyssa, hope it was worth it, dear. After that cluster blank you caused, you'll be lucky to get a marketing internship at PBR. Not even Pabst will touch you after this. Nor should they. What else do we have? Princess Dawn, smell my fingers. Lemon, he must have gotten the severance package he wanted. From NBC News, Don Lemon says he has been fired from CNN. The news comes as Lemon has been at the center of a string of controversies over his on-air comments and treatment of female colleagues. Honestly, folks, meh. Don't really want to talk about this queen. Long story short, Princess Dawn was kind of a bitch around CNN, which we documented here a couple times. But Princess Dawn forgot Karma is also a bitch. And it looks like Karma was the bigger bitch of the two. So out goes Princess Dawn. Although I'm sure it's going to be a a lovely severance for Princess Dawn. Give that queen plenty of time to park his gay ass out in the Hamptons. Have all the pretty young white boys smelling his fingers. Before long, whether they want to or not. And he's not the only one leaving. How's this from the Hollywood Reporter? Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. The host's last show was Friday. Rotating hosts will fill in at 8 p.m. for now. So Tucker's out as well. And last I saw... I hadn't seen a reason why. Last I saw, it was something like they had parted ways or something, which to me sounds like someone got tossed out on their ass. Not that I really care about Tucker Carlson. Never watched his show. He always came off to me like an overeager, like Reese Witherspoon's character in Election. That's kind of what he reminds me of. And that look he has, I guess it's his serious adult face. 
where he's furrowing his brows in there, kind of scowling. He just looks like he's thinking, did I just crap my pants or something? Did I have too much confidence in that fart? That's what he looks like to me. Like he's confused on whether he just pooped his pants or not. So off he goes as well. And lastly, before we jump into things, White Boy Malcolm X, I'll give you a little editorial control here. Just a little though. No gingers involved in this story. But do you want to hear about Daddy Dustin and Princess Tom? Sure, what the hell? (laughs) Okay, Princess, if you say so. So don't blame me, folks, that we're talking about these two clowns. It's all white boy Malcolm X's fault. But did you see, sir... Did you see, and I don't even know how I missed this one the other week, but did you see where Daddy Dustin and Princess Tom Daly, that spoiled little cat boy, that pocket queen in a Speedo, where they had another kid? Who cares? Sir, You could have vetoed this story if you really wanted to. So don't be so catty over there, princess. That's my job anyway. But they apparently did. And I saw this on Tal Road. From those girls over at Tal Road. Princess Tom Daly and Dustin Lance Black welcome second son into the world. And here's the kicker from this article. And it's in the very first sentence. Tom Daly has become a father for the second time. Tom Daly, Princess Tom Daly, has become a father for the second time. Not Daddy Dustin and Princess Tom Daly, but just Tom Daly. You want to talk about insulting to poor daddy Dustin here. Who the hell do you think is paying for all this? Paying for these surrogates and whatever else it takes to produce a customized kid on demand. And then when the kid is born, who the hell do you think pays to feed, clothe, and put a roof over his head And by kid, I don't mean Princess Tom Daly. I'm talking about the baby. Although, let me rephrase that. Who the hell do you think is paying for everything? Practically everything going on in their lives. It sure as hell isn't Princess Tom. You know what I think this is though, White Boy Malcolm X? This kid is another anchor baby for Princess Tom. Yes, anchor baby, white boy Malcolm X. Not in the traditional sneak over the border, pop out a kid who becomes an instant U.S. citizen, that kind of way. 
But like those babies keep Princess Tom anchored to Daddy Dustin's checkbook. And now, not just one anchor baby, but now there are two of them. So if Daddy Dustin, if he wants to walk away from this at some point, decides to trade out this boy toy for another one, it's not just propping up Princess Tom, keeping him up in the lifestyle to which he's become accustomed. But now it's also got to pay for those two kids as well. He is not going to get out of that cheaply. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one is from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Democratic Governor Gavin Gayface Newsom explains why assault on drag is a threat to all Americans. Oh, how stunning and brave. This guy's a clown. Not to insult clowns, but Gavin Gayface Newsom, he's a, well, I won't say clown again. He's a buffoon. He's a complete jackass. This prissy, bitchy man-child, this male bimbo, the Ken doll of California, who I think his only job is to go around Virtue signal, here, there, and everywhere. Pander to the woke mob out there in California. Look at whatever Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. Then do the exact opposite. But while he's out there, pandering to his woke constituents, carrying on about garbage like this, his state is collapsing all around him. I mean, here, how's this from the Daily Wire? Newsom directs National Guard to combat San Francisco's fentanyl crisis. So many people are dropping dead of drug overdoses in San Francisco that he's having to call out the National Guard to help put a stop to it something they've turned a blind eye to for years. But I guess now, now that he might want to run for president, huh, who are we kidding? When he runs for president, he doesn't need this biting him in the ass down the road. But this is some of the crazy that goes on out there, which is why California is losing population for the first time in forever. They have some of the highest taxes in the country. The middle class is getting hollowed out. It's basically becoming a version of a third world country, a playland for the rich with a poor underclass to serve them. And what's he focused on? Bankrupting the state with reparations, making the state a tourist attraction for abortions and child mutilations from gender-affirming care, bending the knee, 
to our new gender identity overlords so he can get a media hand job from those mean girls in the vapid gay media, keep his rich queen donors happy. Gavin Gayface Newsom is the quintessential example of bored rich white people problems. Because that is exactly what he is. A bored rich white person. In addition to being a craven political social climber who thinks that the best way for a rich white heterosexual man to get the Democratic nomination to be president is to go woke. Promise to hand out reparations to the BIPOC folk. Run around defending children at drag shows. Which is just only a bored rich liberal white person would get hysterical over the right to take small children to explicit drag shows. That's the hill. Bored rich liberal white people would die on every day. All day, every day. And I had someone on Twitter challenge me on saying that, talking about first world white people problems. He didn't like me blaming just white people. I didn't respond, but I'm I'm more right than wrong on that one. BIPOC folk, for the most part, they have way more common sense than to want to die on that hill. In fact, the BIPOC folk, they probably look at look at Gavin Gayface Newsom, him getting triggered over drag shows. Some of these red states wanting to restrict access only to adults. And they're probably thinking, damn, Whitey's even dumber than I thought. Wanting to argue about a drag show. What kind of moron argues over a drag show? Exactly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the Atlantic, the myth of the broke millennial. After a rough start, the generation is thriving. Why doesn't it feel that way? The Atlantic. Talk about a news outlet for bored rich white people, leftist rich white people. The Atlantic is it. 
But this article in the Atlantic about the myth of the broke millennial, say that 10 times fast, it's just north of 3,800 words, almost 4,000 words to talk about how millennials are doing just fine, which to me is just odd. Because as we all know, folks, millennials are the most put-upon generation ever. In all of world history, no generation at any time ever has had it as bad as millennials have. And what's, I guess, kind of comical about all this is that The Atlantic, which is Lorene Powell Jobs' pet newspaper, or pet online magazine, rather, kind of like Jeff Bezos with his pet newspaper, the Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness. But The Atlantic has run multiple articles talking about how unbearable it is to be a millennial, and not just because of the cost of avocado toast or venti caramel macchiatos these days, Here are some headlines for you from The Atlantic, which is now talking about broke millennials being a myth. But here are some articles from the past few years from the exact publication now saying the exact opposite. The exact same publication propagating the myth they're now trying to discredit. Like their editorial team is bipolar or something which would not surprise me in the least. Number one, millennials didn't kill the economy. The economy killed millennials. The American system has thrown them into debt, depressed their wages, kept them from buying homes, and then blamed them for everything. Number two, the next recession will destroy millennials. Millennials are already in debt and without savings. After the next downturn, they'll be in even bigger trouble. And number three, millennials don't stand a chance. They're facing a second once-in-a-lifetime downturn at a crucial moment. And they're not the only ones out there screaming, about how horrible it is to be a millennial. Here are a couple more I found. From the Globe and Mail, there is no such thing as a millennial middle class. And from Insider, how the last 20 years of economic turmoil broke millennials. Although I could spend an entire podcast just reading headline after headline after headline and only headlines about how horrible it is to be a millennial. And I probably wouldn't even come close to getting through them all. That's how entrenched this narrative is. Until now, anyway, with the Atlantic changing their mind, doing a 180. For now, anyway, 
It probably depends on which millennial is writing the article. No, I take that back. You know what this could be? Now that I think about it, this could be, well, it's either a Gen Xer out there or a Gen Z kid out there, one of the two, tired of the caterwauling from the hysterical millennials. Oh, it's so hard to be a millennial. Okay, princess, if you say so. But one of these two groups, just to shiv the whiny millennials, one of them put this thing together. Now they're making it all up. If anyone is the most put upon generation ever, it's the rest of us having to put up with these sniveling, navel-gazing millennials and their poor little me routine. So to whoever did this and managed to get the Atlantic to completely reverse course on their propaganda, well played. Well played indeed. Speaking of millennials, how's this from fortune? The U.S. economy is teetering on the edge of the $18 billion monthly student loan cliff, analysts say. Oh, poor princesses. You know, I don't feel sorry for these people in the least. Now, I've taken out student loans before, and I've been an adult and I paid them all back. Well, almost all of them. I still got a little to go on my master's degree, but I'll have that finished by next year. And these clowns, thanks to COVID hysteria and buying votes, they haven't had to pay on their student loans, which I guess are in some sort of stasis, just sitting there, not accruing interest, just frozen in time for more than three years. They haven't had to pay a dime for over three years. But now, after years of getting to pretend that they don't have a student loan, after years of not preparing for the day when they have to start paying again, now, now the pearl clutching begins. Oh, it's so horrible to make us pay our student loans. No, princess. It's called adulting. You borrow money for your education, even if your six-figure gender studies degree is worthless. But you borrowed the money. Now you have to pay it back. I don't care what creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer promised you. You're going to have to pay that back. And I know someone, she managed to borrow, I think it was close to six figures. It was for a master's degree in something like landscape architecture, I think. It was something like that. Interesting degree, not worth more than 20K. But we used to go out a lot. There was a group of us. White boy Malcolm X, 
the lesbians I told you about in Salem before you moved up here. That's who I'm talking about. The younger one, she was as flighty as a queen. She was great, don't get me wrong, but she acted just like a queen. And her partner, who's around our age, she was the one who had enough common sense for the two of them. But with her student loans, we go out in Salem, Salem, Mass., not Salem, New Hampshire. The difference between the two, for those of you not in the know, on any given weekend, one is burning witches, the other, the whole damn town, is at a monster truck show. I'll let you figure out which is which. But we go out, and she would bitch about paying on her student loans, and she would do that drunk. I think the fancy cocktails they like to drink, they were like somewhere between 12 and $15 a pop. And their bar tab, the two of them, was over $100 every time we went out. And they went out a lot. They probably blew a couple hundred dollars a week going out. But she never had enough for her student loans. Of course she didn't. Like some of the people around here. Some of the dumpiest apartments around here have some of the nicest cars parked out front. There's one of them. As you're going up into town, they got one of the new the new Jeep Grand Wagoneers, which you can't get into. I think the base model is like, I priced it out once for crap and giggles. But I think those things run at least ninety to $100,000 just to get into the base model. So they have a $100,000 car parked out front, but they're in a dumpy apartment, probably complaining about how they can't afford to buy their own place. But they have a $100,000 car parked out front And like my friend, guzzling down overpriced cocktails, but she can't afford her student loans. Folks, some of you, it's time to grow up. You made your bed. Now put on your adult pants and lay in it. And pay your damn bills like the rest of us do. And for our last story, folks, It's from the Daily Mail. My boyfriend's cancer battle was ruining my mental health, so I left him. Now I'm running a marathon in his honor. Here's another one. What's worse? The fact that she dumped her boyfriend with cancer or that she's now gone out, told the whole world what she did, but... She's now running the London Marathon in his honor. And another one. Oh, how stunning and brave. And the short version of this story, you have this poor guy and this dopey chick. Her name is Danielle Epstein. They're dating. No idea how long. 
but they were in the process of buying a house together. So I guess long enough for that. And why they were doing that, that's when he got his diagnosis of a rare brain tumor. He required surgery, radiotherapy, and chemotherapy, and he had to learn to walk again. So he basically went to hell and back. But he's he's doing okay. He survived. But Danielle, she started having panic attacks and her mental health plummeted. I guess, who really cares what he's going through? And so she dumped his ass because his brain tumor was too triggering for Princess here. And I actually know a couple who went through something like this. Back in the LA days, back in the mid to late aughts, he and I worked together. When I worked in film production, she actually wound up working for my ex. Yes, the crystal meth addict. Yeah, the four of us were inseparable for quite a while. He's known as Wandering Daisy. But that's a story for another day. Our summit mistress, she knows what I'm talking about. But he had a horrible brain tumor, just like this guy did. He's another one, went to hell and back. Probably lucky to be alive like this guy is. But his girlfriend, she stuck by his side. And the two of them are still together to this day. And they're now even married. And I watched what Mama Frost had to go through with my father. My father had a terminal heart condition. And from diagnosis to when he passed, that was about five years or so. He lived a good bit longer than anyone thought he would. But Mama Frost, like Wandering Daisy's girlfriend, now wife, They understood, they both understood that their significant other's medical issues, they were not all about them. It was about being there through thick and thin, through good times and bad. Danielle, though, what kind of screwed up do you have to be to not only do that to someone, make their life-threatening brain tumor all about you and your emotional state. But to come back, I'd say like herpes, but I don't want to insult herpes with a comparison. But to come back and humble brag publicly about running a marathon in his honor. I'm sorry, folks, but her running that stupid marathon in London which I think was this past Monday, her yapping on, yap, 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 yapping on to the Daily Mail about her brain tumor boyfriend that is all about her again. And I bet he's probably thinking, thank you, sweet baby Jesus. Thank you for this brain tumor. What I thought was a death sentence What I thought was a horrible burden to carry has shown me what a vapid, 
narcissistic monster I mistakenly thought was the love of my life. But for that brain tumor, I might still be with this joker. Thank you for sparing me that nightmare. And Jesus, he's probably thinking, you're welcome. And don't worry about seeing her in the afterlife. So another one, off to purgatory. Because I know Satan ain't taking her either. So on that note, since I cannot top this dopey chick dumping her boyfriend over cancer, even if she's now running around basking in the glory of her virtue signaling by pretending to run a marathon in his honor, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this midweek edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.